song great to have our guest and uh thank you Braden. excellent excellent job uh two words very powerful words mentioned in Braden's song of course you saw the title uh, and that is of course hope now and then faith two powerful words that are mentioned in god's word you know, a lot of times they're mentioned together, faith, hope, and love. And it's, of course, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest of these is love. Now, real quick, uh, hope, a biblical definition, a lot of times we use hope as in it'd be great to have. Well, I hope I get uh, a new, you know, whatever. And uh hope I, I get a get a new boat or something, or I hope I get a, a, a certain present for Christmas or birthday. But really, a biblical definition of hope is expectation, or to expect. Matter of fact, in First Timothy, you don't turn there, but if you want to turn to our, our uh, 
reference tonight where we'll be reading is Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. I'll get on this, but I just really enjoyed that song, Braden, and I was thinking about those two words that were in there that was repeated in the chorus, and that is, of course, faith and hope. The first one, hope. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.1, it says, Jesus Christ, who is our hope. Did you know he's our, he's not maybe so, but it's, he's our expectation. I expect Jesus to hear my prayer. He may not always answer it. I expect Jesus to return. Does that mean maybe he'll return? No, I expect him to return. So if he's my hope, he's my expectation. I expect him. I expect him to to be there. He said he's going to be there with me through the valleys and the mountaintops. So he is an expectation. One other word that you need to replace sometimes because a lot of people have a misconception of the word faith. Just simply it's trust. So two words you can easily just uh, use synonymously. Use the same. What is hope is something I expect. Biblical definition. What is faith? Trust. I I have faith in God. What does that mean? I trust Him. I trust Him. Whenever you ask Jesus to save you, by faith you trusted in Him. And that's how you receive Jesus Christ. Now, if we're going, if we're saved here tonight, and I pray that you know Him, and in just a little while we're going to have Savannah's baptism. I'm really looking forward to that. And the water's warm. <laughs> and so that'll be good uh, but for both she and I. Uh, in Revelation chapter 5, I want to speak on this subject tonight. To serve first and be exalted later. Many of the good things that are happening at our church is because people are serving the Lord. People are serving others. If you serve the Lord, He expects you to serve others. What does that mean? Did you know that's what He did while He was here? Matter of fact, He lowered Himself. To serve means you lower yourself. Lower yourself to lift others up. That's what service is. A servant. Who are you? Who, who are you and I? A servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be a servant means to serve Him through a church, an assembly somewhere. In this great description that we find of Jesus, Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, the Word of God states, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, this scene in heaven. And the beast and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor. Of course, I think I've heard Braden sing that song, Worthy is the Lamb, the Revelation song. It's a, it comes right out, most of the words, right out of this chapter in God's Word. And strength and honor and glory and blessing, verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven 
and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne of the Lamb forever. And the four beasts said, Amen, and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that lived liveth forever and ever. So we see uh, the Lamb being exalted. Of course, that's Jesus. And uh, worshipped him that liveth forever and ever unto the Lamb forever and ever. This is Jesus Christ being worshipped in a scene in heaven. He's on his throne. Uh, think about it here. If, our, you know, if we are to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, to serve first and be lifted or exalted later, it says throughout his word, if we stoop down, he will lift us up. If we bow down, if we serve others, he lifts us up. Many times this is the message given to us. Quickly, just back up a few pages to James chapter 4 and also 1 Peter chapter 5. So you can just put your finger on those two scriptures. First of all, just quickly looking at James chapter 4 and verse 10. This is the process that I'm speaking of tonight. What we saw in Revelation was Jesus' end. In James 4.10, what does it say? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. See that process? That's, this is over and over in God's Word. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. This same thought, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, this same thought, this same process repeated again in God's Word. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. At the right time. Did you know God's never early and God's never late? So the, the Lamb of God who came to be slaughtered, who, think about, think about it, he, took, he was in heaven he took off his crown. He became a man. The Bible says he humbled himself and became a man to be slaughtered, to be slain. What does the Bible say? He was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And now guess where he sits? <laughs> That's right. He sits on the right hand of the Father, on the throne in heaven. Now, if you will, uh, think about this. So, what does God say? If you'll serve, I'll lift you one day. I may not lift you on earth. You, you may serve your whole life and God never exalts you, but He will exalt you. That's why, you know what Jesus said? He said, I, I tell you what, we look around and we see everybody and we like to compare ourselves to each other. That's just our human nature. Jesus said, many that are first will be last. Many that are last will be first. And you know, and go to Philippians chapter 2. In verse 9, Philippians chapter 2, in verse this same principle, he promised this to Jesus. Well, to everybody, really, I've just showed you two other scriptures. <clears throat> it says, wherefore, we're going to read 9 and 10, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him 
and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things on earth and of things under the earth. And verse 11 says, and that every tongue should confess. That's everybody that's ever lived. Even the atheist, even people that will end up in a, a lake of fire will confess that Jesus is Lord. Why? Because of the principle. Now, we're supposed to, aren't we supposed to follow the example of the Lord or, or Jesus? He's our example. He's, he lived 33 years of an example for us. From the time he was born to the time that he died, what was he? He was a servant. Now, sure, he was a leader, but a servant leader. And so he led his group. He put up with the disciples. We were talking about uh, in our class earlier about unity and how that even throughout the Bible, there was, uh, there was a Christian disagreement, if you will. There was disagreement. And Jesus even, he was the pastor. He was a perfect pastor, by the way. And his own members had a disagreement. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got his right hand. You, no, you can't sit on his right hand. I don't sit on his right hand. They're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And they did that on more than one occasion. And so we see this example that because Jesus served, and his ministry was only three and a half years, because Jesus served, then he was lifted. So what, what is the, the example we see in God's Word? And matter of fact, as we look at it, is if you serve, he'll lift you up. If, and matter of fact, we see this, the lower you go, the higher he'll lift you. We see many people, I think, about people who sacrifice more than I've ever sacrificed. What about missionaries who go to a foreign country? What about missionaries who've lost loved ones? What about missionaries? How many of our forefathers, if you, there's tons of books that we have in our library that talk about people, martyrs for the faith, people who've given their lives. It's even mentioned here. What about Stephen? I'm preaching. And they start throwing stones and he preaches himself literally to death. I've not been asked by God to do that. Could I do it? I don't know. He hasn't asked me to do something like that. My goodness. What kind of reward is Stephen going to have for that? There's a few illustrations that I want to share real quick. Number one, I think about Abraham. Abraham was a servant leader. He was a servant, and God lifted him up. What did he sacrifice? He sacrificed his security his richness, his land, his success. What was the result? He became the father of nations. Thinking about Abraham, he had it all. He had a ranch way out in the land of her. God called him. You got to leave your land. He had a bunch of stuff. They were nomads. Moses, what he sacrificed. Royal position in Egypt, left it. Became a deliverer. What about Jesus' disciples? What did Jesus ask them to do? Leave it all behind. Come follow me. They left their jobs. They became great leaders in the church. What about the Apostle Paul? Well, he was one of the most high-ranking officials in Jerusalem. 
He left it and became the greatest apostle in history. Jesus Christ, our ultimate example, what did he do? He said, well, I'm sitting on this throne. My dad has asked me to to go down there, and I've never felt pain through a fleshly body before. Ever thought about that? I've never been hurt. I've never been stabbed in the back. That was a metaphor. Judas did that. I've never been beat. I've never been spat upon. But I'll do it. I'll, I'll lay down my life. Matter of fact, I love the way it says it in John 10. John, you know what Jesus said in John 10? He says, I lay down my life. Nobody takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will. He wasn't mixing any words when he said that. That's a servant. That's all he asked us to be. If God is, hey, listen, as we get ready for a hymn invitation, we get ready for a song. If God has any more blessings for promised land, if you want God to bless your family, If you want Him to bless you, you ask Him tonight. Before your head hits the pillow, you say, How do you want me to serve you? What do you want me to do? If you say that and really mean it, it's going to be amazing what He can do through you. Not to you or for you, but through you. That's what He wants to do. That's the reason he's blessing our church is because people are just simply, how can I serve? What can I do? How can I work? I don't care who gets the credit. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him.